One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to another episode of the Beauty Podcast with me, Emma G. This week, Matthew Curtis is joining me. He's a very exciting and sought-after hairstylist. He has been on TV, he's worked with celebrities, he's a brand ambassador, he's worked at fashion weeks around the world, and he has three salons, one in Stratford-upon-Avon, one at Horcross Hall, and one at the Rosewood Hotel in central London, which is where I met him to talk about his incredible career, to really understand what makes him tick. Uh, if you listen to this show, you know that that's one of my favourite areas to delve into. And also, dare I say, the interviewer became the interviewee. We really did um, hash out the things that motivate both of us. And uh, we also talk about what the future holds, how he stays motivated, how he has achieved such a lot, such an impressive amount in such a short amount of time. So without any further ado, I'm going to uh, get straight into it and obviously all of the links to Matthew and any of the things referenced in the show will be in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. In this episode of the Beauty Podcast is the fabulous Matthew Curtis. Welcome to the show. It's good to be here. <laughs> <laughs> and let's just describe exactly where we are. We're at the Rosewood Hotel in London, which is where you have a beautiful salon, which I've just been into for the first time. Yes, we've just opened three weeks ago, but uh, we're not in that environment at the moment. We're actually in um, in one of the, the bedrooms. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're the two strange people. Yeah. One, me with the blue rucksack on at reception saying, do you do rooms by the hour? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's free as well she's uh, she's not got an expensive price tag <laughs> and your lovely fiance is downstairs we have to say <laughs> because all the staff here obviously know who you are because you're you're the resident what what's your title here resident well um, I guess we are the hairdressing Reddit resident um, the salon isn't actually um, I mean it's in the hotel but it's not I guess it's part of the hotel but it's not but we're a concession in the hotel um the salon itself is kind of, it synergizes with the luxurious environment so we've uh, made it look like the orient express and um, we help service their clientele and their vips and um, some of their celebrities and um, you know just a add value i'd say to the stay of a, mm -hmm. a guest and the local community and it's really really nice down there Thank you. Thank it's you. Really lovely. Now, I've your name I've heard for many years, but we've only actually probably known each other for about eighteen months or that's right, something like that. Yeah. In the, uh, the night at Horcross Hall, where you also have, are you still there? Um, yeah. Let, let me add this night at Horcross Hall. We was not in a bedroom. Oh no, that's yeah. 
was like, so sorry I didn't mean that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a day, there were lots of people. It was a press event. There were public places. You, you was a guest, we invited you. And then, yeah. Yes. It was, um, it, yeah, lots of drinking, lots of chatting. Yeah, so 18 months, I'd say. Well, just over. Mm. So, uh, yeah, that was the launch of another salon there. So that salon's a bit different to the salon that we've got here, um, where it focuses more on hair treatments and maybe slight underlying issues that cause hair loss and um, uh, just, yeah, more treatment-based, mm-hmm. I'd say. And you also had an excellent blow-dry menu. Yes, we've got a great blow-dry bar there. So um, it's all about extending well-being, which I think is a hot topic at the moment, certainly in the hair world. Mm-hmm. So you can extend well-being to your hair and scalp and um, just help look as good as you feel really mm. and you were kind of ahead of a game ahead of the game with all of that weren't you because the well-being thing is as you say it's a trend now but you've been doing that for a long long time yeah maybe too soon <laughs> some things <laughs> people aren't ready to um you know like in america it's crazy people are always super health conscious and well-being is a huge part of everyone's life um, maybe maybe a little too much sometimes mm. um and england's just took a little bit of a, a time to catch on really and catch up um, but yeah, um, we've been doing it hair loss um, treatments for a while, so actually undergone some myself. So, what's your story with hair loss and hair treatment? Well, um, I mean, my story was um, I used to be. I say this um, and not get told off. By, <laughs> um, so, um, my story, I guess, was. Like most guys, um, you maybe feel self-conscious if your hair starts to thin, if it starts to, um, yeah, if you start to develop a bit more than a recession, than more of a recession um, in your hair than you'd like. So I tried everything from laser to pills to, you know, and just everything really, thinking there was no kind of hope. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, for me it was really important to, kind of offer solutions or um, things that can be done early on uh, for women or for men and um, find a solution to uh, to a problem stop make, stop people f- feeling um, insecure um, I mean there's loads of things that, that, that kind of brew from um, a personal issue whether it be hair loss or anything else really so we wanted to kind of make people feel better about themselves Nice. Mm. Very nice. And you lost hair. But uh, I'm looking at you now and you have a full thatch. Yes. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I've undergone all kind, kinds of treatments um, from laser therapy um, and to s- uh, stem cell stimulation. Um, and um, I guess... I mean, in the end, I had a form of a some form of a transplant, um, which has you know um, aided me in my career. I'd say working with certain brands, um, not you know, they, there's a saying: never trust a skinny chef or a bold hairdresser. So <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> I guess that resonated and stuck with me. Certainly, when I was you know my hair was thinning, um, that I didn't want to be that bold hairdresser. You know. Is that why you put a lot of time and effort into 
helping clients who were going through thinning did it did it affect your confidence did it oh massively your... massively um i remember working with a particular um pr company and um, brand um you know one of the things in a contract that you that you sign a lot of the time with um certain well with, with most brands i guess is that if you had some kind of the, the brand has an image that it needs to keep Mm-hmm. So if you um, don't fit that image in a certain way, whether it be a progressive problem, an instant problem, something, you know, a hereditary problem, then, you know, that you wouldn't be the right face for the brand. So um, I guess I was worried that I would have lost a contract or I might not have worked, been able to work with a brand. You know, you don't see many hairdressers on TV, apart from Trevor Sorbet, maybe who's done it well, but uh, who ironically has ended up setting up a charity that provides wigs. <laughs> um, mm. So, um, but he, you know, you, I guess, yeah, it, it really did affect my confidence. Um, but I'm so glad that I had it done. Mm. You know, so so glad. When someone sits in the salon and starts talking to you about how their hair is making them feel, um, you must be able to empathise. Oh, massively. It'd be a lovely shoulder for them. Yeah, it's nice to be able to offer hope to people. And I think that's what most people want. And, you know, but I guess sometimes you, you realise that there's problems are actually more deep-rooted than whether it be hair loss. You know, it's, um, it's you, you have to kind of try and figure out if the person is just maybe... Maybe if there's a deeper root problem, whether it be depression or whatever, you need to... Because some people have went away, had hair treatments, came back with hair and still been unhappy with themselves. Um, so it's, you know, is it... I mean, it's nice to be able to offer the solution, but also because you're clients and you, you know, you always like to think that extending well-being, whether it be hair or as a hairdresser, you have a responsibility to do it other ways as well, whether it be in some form of counselling or, you know, um, trying to be aware of that is mm-hmm. whether it's the right thing, you know, otherwise people endlessly go and spend money on all kinds of treatments and ultimately still are unhappy. Yeah. So, yeah. Gosh, it's a responsibility, isn't it? Well, it can be if you if you if you let it be, you know, <laughs> if it's a job or if it's a career or a, whether you think it's a choosing in life, I guess. Well, um, I have female pattern baldness. You can't really see today because I've been a bun because it's been raining. But um, I saw someone the other day who said, "Oh, we can fix that." Mm-hmm. And I thought they were going to give me a parting. Yeah. And actually, they gave me spray-on hair. Yeah. And it, and it, honestly, it I look like Teresa Judite from yeah. oh. Real Housewives of New Jersey within like ten seconds. So you loved it. Absolutely loved it. Good. Do you know what? It is incredible. I think um, some of those microfiber hairs that you spray on, um, other people call it topics, mm. um, is incredible for thickening. Um, I know there's a couple of hairdressers out there that have bought out some sprays that are dry shampoo, mm-hmm. and they're pigmented, so if it's brown, you can spray that on for density. L'Oreal have just bought a color root touch at yes, one. Yes, the one you know? uh, the face off. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, it's, um, it's amazing for creating density. So they've been around forever as well, for mm. absolutely the ages but I think the more and more people have conformed and there's so much pressure on people to to look the part and you know have a certain image that people now have started just 
dabbling in them and mm. until it's becoming a, a normal part of our you know beauty regime in the morning totally there are things that have been around for donkey's years that are so sort of almost like niche and then all of a sudden they go mass yeah it's crazy they're like men and makeup you know it's so common and I, I know that sometime last year it was the biggest form of the beauty industry like in growth wise um, and now it's really acceptable for men to put on concealer or you know I had a facial the other the other day and the uh, beautician or therapist turned around and said what, what I got the normal question what moisturizer do you use mm-hmm. what concealer do you use? I've never been asked that before you know it's, really? um, yeah and you know I'm, I'm dabbling the old concealer for uh, for a night out but never put it on the day but it just seemed to be such a normal question for them now um, I was like oh okay do you know what makeup that's weird, you know. They are so, yeah, they are. Is it the same in the salon for what people ask for versus even three years ago? Um, I think salons, salon trends change all the time. And I think areas change. Um, London is different to Stratford. Stratford is different to Stafford. Um, New York is different to London. You know, so... Mm. Everywhere I work, there's always some kind of different, me, different trend that mm. kind of goes through the clientele. So um, it's trends are so nebulous. You know, mm. you get some celebrity that will suddenly start wearing. Do you know what a crazy one is at the moment? Right. So this is how mental it is with trends suddenly changing so you know that years ago there was the pop yeah which was the posh boys pop yeah so do you know what the pop is now no no it's it's the power bob and it's Theresa may's bob that has been a popular one for like the the lawrites and the barristers and stuff in in holborn just around this area can i i was like how is this even a trend? I mean, I, yeah, but it seems to be this everywhere. Like I say, everywhere has their own community, their own trend, their their own mm-hmm. demographic. I think, you know, this it's different for everyone. With um, a younger consumer, because yeah. things have changed so, <laughs> so much. To is not a young Because yeah. <laughs> no, I sometimes think, I'm 38 now, and I think about what I was like when I was in my teens mm. and early 20s, so when I first started earning money. And when I would go to a salon, it would be an opportunity to make the best of what I had. Mm-hmm. So rather than leave it to my own hands, it would be that. Hmm. Whereas there now seems to be um, adding to what you already have naturally. So it's not just about what you've got naturally, but there's extensions and yeah. there's all these additions, mm-hmm. fillers and whatnot. Do you notice that? Yeah, massively. Um, and my fiance is actually... Um, she she I mean she has hair extensions she always talks about stuff mm. you know she sees work that clients of or you know celebrities or whoever have had done and it does rub off on them and they look at them in awe and see the before and after and mm. you know sometimes you do see the reasoning behind why they've had it done whether it's a little nip tuck a little plump or whatever it may be mm. you do kind of think well, it does look a little bit better. You can so and yeah, yeah. because it's more in our faces now with media, social media, and all all kinds kind of stuff. You you do think well, I could just look that little bit younger. Mm. So yeah, of course. And the add-in to it is just a normal part of life, and it's so accessible now and so cheap. And you mm. can finance it. You can do whatever. So it's um it's bizarre. What are people gonna end do up next? doing? 
Yeah. I was uh, interviewing someone the other day, just saying there's a cult at the moment to look amazing from the neck up. From the neck up. From the neck up. Just the neck up. <laughs> well, there's a big there's the a big selfie culture, thing, yeah. I guess. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Just like YouTube is just <laughs> yeah. Like, we well, just don't see what's going on just below the collarbone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but from the neck up, absolute perfection. Like hair is on point. Contour is absolutely flawless. Yeah, it's a. Um, do you know what? <laughs> it's it's like years ago. Do you remember the uh, MySpace thing? And it was like. Um, Oh, the, I, I remember going to a Reading Festival or something. The, the, people have got T-shirts like your mom's in my top friends or <laughs> something. And then and it was like uh, there was there was always a T-shirt that joked about um, you look nowhere near as hot as your MySpace picture. It's a, the, the, the world of the selfie and the power yeah. of it to you know create a perception of yourself is just mental. Well, I've noticed that teens now that a lot of their profile pictures of them with a couple of friends in front of a mirror taking a selfie looking at the screen and the picture so the pictures of three girls looking at a phone doing their face which is just bonkers to me that is weird that's tripping my mind already there's <laughs> <laughs> three people in this at some point yeah. someone will get pulled into a parallel universe yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me about career wise how did this all start for you um, so like I wasn't planning on becoming a hairdresser because I mean my dad is um old school carpenter come from quite a working class background um and i guess um you know the the stigma attached to being a hairdresser would have meant that i would have been um of a different sexual orientation Mm. um and i would have probably been bullied by my dad for it you know in the family but uh you know that's not the case um and that stigma has gone now which is good um so I was off to uni to study microbiology. Um, what else is? Yeah. And, oh, and zoology as a parallel course. Um, Crimmins. What, what, what was the thinking? end game? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think I've always been a little bit ambitious. And um, and I just got good grades in my A-levels doing biology. And, you know, it was, everyone's told you're never going to get a good job or earn good money unless you go to university and get a degree. But... It was. It's just kind of that thing where you go. Well, I guess I'm good at that. I'll just do it. You so know, capitalising on the thing that you were good at because yeah. the results would be all the but gains. I didn't particularly good. enjoy it. You know, it's um, so and and I had no idea really what microbiology was, but I probably would have ended up in, I don't know, Sierra Leone with Ebola by now. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm quite grateful. That's that, no, yeah, I'm quite grateful that I decided to become an hairdresser. And I'm sat in this room with you. So yeah, yeah much much more of a better program. option. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um what um so when did the change come? When did I'm not going to do microbiology and zoology turn into Well I deferred my entry for a year and did a little bit of travelling around Europe and I ended up, my last stop was in Copenhagen, and there was a guy that I was staying with who was a family friend who was a hairdresser for the Central Theatre. So um, I ended up going out with him one night, and um, one of his team called in sick, so I just went and passed pins at the theatre, and that was it. And I was like, didn't, I, I'd never even thought about being a hairdresser. So uh, when we finally made it out to dinner... Um, we just started chatting. I started talking to him about all the different options and, um, you know, opportunities really that he's had along the way from flying on private jets around the world to doing celebrities' hair, models' hair, runway. I mean, he's done everything. It was crazy. And I was just thought that life seemed so much cooler and much more fun. 
so I came back and then just <coughs> excuse me then decided I was going to be a hairdresser so that never went down too well two weeks before I was going to uni so <laughs> yeah and then that was the story really I went to work for Tony and Guy for a while um, who have a great education um, and a great place to start um, then moved to London after about so I ended up qualifying as a hairdresser when I'm, I was 21 I'm 32 now so in 11 years um, managed to open up my own shop after being 4 years uh qualified at Tony and Guy then so five years yeah four years then six years later opened up another salon um, in Hallcross and then this year just opened Rosewood and then stratospheric uh, it's been it's been cool it's been really good but in between all that you know there seems to be a big period where you think well what was you doing for those six years or five years or whatever it was that we never did anything but you know we was I was a global face of Tresemme at the time um, UK face um, and then on an agency in New York one in London we do 30 to 40 shows a year fashion week um, so building a team really and a great team around me that uh, the majority are still here today so uh, it was about cementing the roots of the brand. That's incredible, though, in 11 years to go from making the decision to having your own salon and then adding to that. Mm. That's not... Because um, previously on this podcast, I've had uh, Paul Percival and Adam Reed, and they were talking mm. about setting up Percy and Reed and how so it's, uh, hair salons are second only to restaurants in terms of high risk. Mm. So what what's... Because you said earlier you're ambitious, mm. that must have a big, that must play a huge part in the reason why it's all paid off. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I think having faith in yourself and having good people around you is is key. Um, the people around you are the most important kind of um, you know uh, ambassadors and allies that you that you have. So they're the people you can get good sound mind and advice off and. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's nice to have an ally, mm. and if you've spent ages working with someone and building up trust and a relationship, and um, and you've invested in them, you can if you have good people around you, the chance of failing is far less, I think. Um, but yeah, the ambition is yeah, I often run before I can walk, and I think that's played a big part in it as well uh, I think I said to you earlier that quote that I liked from mm. Richard Branson and it was if someone offers you a good opportunity say yes and figure it out along the way and thankfully that hasn't bit me in the arse yet <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's been alright it's been good where did you hear that was that did you read his book or was that uh, do you know what I saw it on um, Instagram and uh, you know the, all these inspi- yeah that's it the inspirational quotes is uh, I love stuff like that you know like the, what's the other one it's uh, this this one I used the other day it was you can't swim an ocean without leaving sight of, or without losing sight of the shore so uh, <laughs> there's uh, there's all kinds of quotes like that that I like yeah I, I love a motivational quote yeah me too I have to stop myself from just reposting loads because I just think my feed would look a bit the weird. king of um, <laughs> motivational speeches is actually hanging around your neck yes Arnie. yes Arnie Arnold yeah. the man yeah. what can I say yeah what is it the, the naysayers what is it <laughs> can't, you can do the quote can't you you must have seen his what's the name he's like 
Um, ignore all those naysayers. Can you can you do it in his voice? I don't know You've that not one. seen that. This is we'll incredible. Have to that at another point. Oh, we can't. Yeah, we can't do that now. I don't think. But um, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. But I am um, so. Uh, in terms of motivational uh, speakers, I recently watched a documentary with uh, Tony Robbins. I am yeah. not your guru. If you haven't seen it, definitely worth a watch. I am not your guru. I am not your guru. Is have he... you heard of Tony Robbins? No. He's a giant. He's like yeah. six foot seven or something. And he's got this incredible voice and he does these motivational talks and he does a particular one in Florida and it costs an absolute fortune. But it's basically, if you want to turn your life around, go and we will make that happen really and so you watched it was it life-changing um it wasn't life-changing because it was a it was a piece of entertainment so i started to sort of pick it apart quite quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of what he says is just about it's about people get tied up in their own stuff and then don't perhaps um reach the goals that they would like to or you know they don't fulfill their potential hmm. um i can see that yeah yeah. We call that um, too busy in the muck and bullets. Too busy in the muck and bullets? Where's yes. that from? Uh, do you know what? I, there's, uh, I <laughs> don't actually again. know it. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's basically like you get too wrapped up in every, all the day-to-day kind of stuff, small insignificant problems that can be blown up into the muck and bullets, the, mm. the mud and dirt. Um, and you need to get out of that to be able to... Mm focus on the long stuff so the, the best times that I kind of um, have a, a vision to do something or you know you can um, really take charge of you say your business or yourself um, is when you're away from it so yeah you know you have a holiday for me or is you know that time out is probably more proactive than six months in the business mm. you know so that small step away gives you much more of a rounder view of things well they say a change is as good as a rest mm. don't they mm-hmm. so is that do, do you have any practice other than going on holiday do you meditate do you take a particular time out in the day no absolutely nothing um no 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 i don't i don't actually know what i do to relax um do you relax? Is this an issue? Do we have to perhaps yeah, may, diary some relaxation? May, maybe, maybe. I, l- I love watching a movie. Um, that kind of is my relaxation. Um, sat having a meal and a drink with a girlfriend. Um, or fiancé now. Yeah, I've got to get used to that. Um, that's good. No, I, I don't actually relax. No. Only on holiday when, when we go. So if you are, if you've had a busy week, you'd stick on a movie. Some, some self-realization going on here. I'm yeah. like, when actually do I relax? Well, uh, I have started meditation, mm-hmm. and I'm terrible at it. And I know I'm terrible at it, but I do stick at it. And today I did an experiment. I did it on the train here. Well, what do you do? You just close well, your I've eyes. I've got an app, Headspace, and it talks yeah. you through it. So you just you focus on your breath. And then I'm at the stage with my headspace at where they're saying, why are you doing this? Why why are you meditating? Mm-hmm. That, I'd that be asking be myself that. I'd be fighting my conscience on that. Oh, no, I was daydreaming about all sorts of nonsense. Yeah. Like what will Nicole Scherzinger wear on the X Factor on Saturday night and all that. It's like you, you have to push it out of your mind. But it's really hard. It's really hard. But... It's not about in the moment necessarily, particularly when you start meditation. It's about mm. 
So I did that because I had a lot on my plate this morning and I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. Mm. So my purpose was, okay, just take a breath and don't be so stressed because there's nothing to be stressed about. This Mm. is just a busy day and tomorrow is different. Um, So it's not about in that moment you finish your meditation and go, oh, I'm fixed, I'm better, I'm not stressed anymore. It's the fact that it just sort of takes you down a notch and you notice it later on throughout the day. It just gives you a break. Yeah, and if something happens, you'll perhaps deal with it from a place of but slightly more calm than oh my mm. god I'm going to deal with this immediately yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. so stressed where's my coffee <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing so but it's really hard yeah but yeah I think I was struggling. I always see do you know what I always see people kind of doing yoga pilates and I, i'm done to hang around in gyms or anything but um just uh, you know, so you see people just what you see on movies and like i hear stories of the, the, there there's this place called the gym where people do it and, uh, <laughs> and they they always have great tales of relaxation and how good it is and but i just I, it's so hard to find time so mm. hard from the second i get up six o'clock i'm awake i'm like right what now it's like straight on the laptop doing some work having a coffee and then you know, I was actually going to do this TV show right and this this was it was in the end the fear got got to me that mm-hmm. I thought I don't really want to know and it was they'd follow you in a week's worth of, of work and you'd have all health monitors and all kinds of stuff um, all over you mm-hmm. and they'd follow you from the morning like the second you get up to the end of the week and it's followed by a doctor that would then show you how a cup of coffee at a certain time of day will change your heart rate or your level of blood uh, your blood pressure or and it would go so in depth and i almost worried that imagine if you found out that that thing that you do in the middle of the day whether it be have a cup of coffee or you know I don't endorse smoking but had a cigarette or did something mm. is going to you know, you have to stop it. And I know that some things aren't good, like smoking, you shouldn't smoke, but um, there's, you had to stop having that cup of coffee in the morning that just gave you that slight bit of sanity mm. um, and calm. That was your thing, not Pilates. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's it just the fear got to me. But there's that also that, what if that's Landor's? I would have loved to have knew. Mm. You know, am I being really unhappy? 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Healthy, I'm enough. But... The podcast that I recorded recently with Henrietta Norton from Wild mm. Nutrition, she's so calm and lovely, and she delivers this information in the most peaceful, gentle tone. But what she's saying is, don't drink coffee on an empty stomach because it will do stuff to your body that will make you more stressed. And stress in the long term is not good for your body. Mm, I drink coffee on an empty stomach all the time. Like this morning. Every morning. morning. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Every morning. I do fasted cardio and then I have, and then I I go straight to the gym and might have like a vitamin. I might might take a supplement or something. Straight to the gym, then from the gym to the coffee shop flat white sometimes a latte with an extra shot love a flat white oh my gosh and then that's it and then the day and then I have to ask myself is that maybe why I get a bit wobbly at three o'clock in the afternoon oh dear that feeling of not eating yeah okay yeah I think we all know I think we all know when we're making choices that Mm. probably aren't right but if they're if they taste good if they're like taste like a flat white then yeah willpower sucks it's not on my side yeah but you have a strength of character to have achieved what you've achieved. Yeah. Um, so there's a willpower in your business. You wouldn't sack that off and watch daytime TV. Oh, no. Not exactly. at all. It drives me mad. I hate Jeremy Cole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm sure he's a lovely fella. I just don't like his show. Um, yeah. No, that is true. But where, where do you... Where does that work ethic come from, do you think? I think my dad. So um, during, so growing up, I mean, being a working, like from a, the, the working class family, my dad used to own his own business. Um, he was a builder. Um, so the work ethic came from, you know, most kids would get a six week holiday at school mm. <clears throat> and every half term they'd have a break um, and go out and ride bikes and, I don't know, break windows with stones or <laughs> from the, maybe the area that I was from um, they go and do like kids stuff so um, but I'd be dragged to a building site doing labouring or something like that you know if I'm working seven days a week so are you and I think that's where the work ethic came from I'm not too sure where the, the slight sort of entrepreneurial side of it came from um, do you consider yourself an entrepreneur? Entrepreneur is such a, an overused term, isn't it? Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. It's like a dreamer's generation that everyone investing in things or spending money like ludicrously because their parents got rich on the property boom in the 80s and 90s. And, um, you know, it's uh, everyone wants to be an artist, painter, photographer, entrepreneur, all those kind of things at the moment. So um, I'd say... Um, I would like to say that maybe I have, could I say maybe visionary that likes to action is action, the, the things that are visioned. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I'm developing more and more of an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship um, kind of quality. Um, Did you just find that you had a knack for business? 
Yeah, a bit of a wheeler dealer, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, you know, like when I was at school, I'd like buy cigarettes from the guy that um, did the, lor- you know, like basically when Euro, this how long it was, when Euro Disney was being built. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so he'd take parts over <clears throat> to Euro Disney on the lorry and they'd come back, you know, lorry driver, and it's like, right, I've got... 4,000 B&H gold and, you know, I've got, you know, 40 bottles of whiskey and then I buy them and sell them at school and, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Throw parties, charge people to get in and, yeah, all those kind of things, really. So I always kind of like the slight kind of Del Boy-ish, you know, <laughs> approach to, to life of, you know, instant money. It was always good. So, and that's the thing of, you knew that you could potentially get in trouble, but going back to the Richard Branson quote of, if you get an opportunity, just go for it and think about it. Yeah, I'm not saying do something criminal. (laughs) just to be clear. If the door's open, don't go in and steal whatever someone has at the house. No, um, yeah, honest, good, fair. And I think those are certainly things that you learn when you go along, qualities that... Maybe when I was younger, I didn't have some of those qualities or maybe never implied them as much as I I wish I could. So now I always like to try and be, at least. Do you have plans in terms of you've got got your salons now? Mm. Are you already thinking about... Well, what's the next five years going to look like? Yeah, 100%. Um, I just had a meeting. <coughs> Excuse me. I just had a meeting um, two, two weeks ago. Um, I've, I've just actually um, sold part of one of my business, not, not the salons, but I've just sold part of one of my businesses and introduced a business partner, which is, um, which is incredible, actually. He's, um, he's got so much experience, knowledge, um, and I'm hoping to kind of absorb as much of it as I can. And we, he's just brought a funder to the table um, with... What's a funder? I only oh, know the girl bit, from Made in Chelsea. Oh, no, a, f- a funder is in... Um, oh, funder. Fu- yeah, f- <laughs> yeah, a funder to the table. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> brewing a storm. Right, um, that's <laughs> He's just brought some funding to the table from an external um, financer that will give us a huge, aggressive, accelerated growth rate if it goes well, mm-hmm. um, in opening some more salons. So we're going to open another salon in uh, February, and then we've got another plan to open one in October, wow. and then uh, there's going to be three more the year after. Um, each stage of funding gets released pending results from um, what we're doing. So the plan is to grow a big brand, and all the people that we've spent giving the sound building blocks of the company that we've spent time with that have helped to build those blocks um, we're going to invest in and open up salons with them because they understand the culture the everything that we do for the salon you know to, to create a busy um, environment that people love to come to so did you sit down at the beginning of all of this and write a business plan no, not a clue. Um, there's a, do you know what? I, I employed a, a non-exec director for a while, right? And it was more for, basically call it um, an expensive life coach. So, <laughs> so, but he was one of the coolest guys. Um, and we'd always talk about plans and KPIs and, you know, what we're doing with business. But, you know, whether it's a, a life coach or a business coach, um, I'd think I'd always describe 
Uh, this is weird. I've used I've used the saying before, right? So um, um, my fiance hates it, but I said I've always described my business as a, a bit of a Turner painting of the Thames. So up close, you haven't got a bloody clue what it is, <laughs> and then from afar, it starts to come t- together. So um, oh, like a Monet. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, so it's it's one of those. It's um, when you're in it and you're, you know, the muck and bullets, you can't really see it, but um, it, it's, it'll start to come together eventually the further you take yourself out of the business. So it'll it'll happen, yeah. But no, I haven't got a clue. Had you? No. No? But now I'm at that age where I feel like I really need one. Yeah, maybe it's more exciting not to have one. I think... Uh, um, I think... I think at the beginning of one's career so for me in journalism anyone offered you a job you just get excited mm. yeah because a thousand girls are do want to do that job and what have you so you get carried along by other people's momentum mm-hmm. and then it's a, at some point depending on what your particular want is you have to create your own mm. yeah yeah I think okay. yeah no I agree I agree I completely agree but you create your own momentum and so do you. But you, but you don't seem to think like I don't know. It just seems it seems quite normal to you. Just no, this is my plan. I'm just gonna. Oh, things change all the time, don't they? And everything's so fragile. Um, you know, everything's so fragile that say we're three weeks into opening this business. It's just made. I mean, in the first week, thank God, it's it's just over break even, which is good for staff, for mm. products, and and all sorts. But next month, if it doesn't have the traction, we don't stay up with the marketing. Or if it's just seasonal, mm. you know, suddenly we're we're in a position where you think, oh my god, like got to now. How do you say it? Basically, just fork cash out mm. from and you know my personal. And I've just got a just got a house with my girlfriend. We're going to get married. We're going to try for a kid. All those kind of things. And there's. You start having more responsibilities. Uh, the risk is far greater, mm. you know. And what, what you said about Percy and Reed, it's uh, it's really, really fragile. So I think it's it's good to be grounded and understand how fragile it is. Mm. Um, if you start being a bit blasé with it, things can go tits up really quick. Is it not like having a it, because it is fragile? Do you spend or can? Is it possible to spend a lot of time just in panic mode? No, you fearing never, the future. Fear is uh, <laughs> another Branson quote. <laughs> yeah, fear them. is for the weak. <laughs> <laughs> you know? it's, um, no, you shouldn't fear things. Um, I mean, what, what's the point of fear? Half the time you worry about the the things that aren't going to happen and never happen. Mm. So fear is wasted. I listened to an incredible podcast. Um, what the fuck with Mark Maron and he had Kristen Wiig, you know, the actress. Yeah. And she said something on there and I was on the cross trainer in the gym when she said it and uh-huh. I sort of did that comedy thing where I nearly fell off because I had such a strong reaction to it where she said someone had explained to her that anxiety, which is the fear of the future, mm. is pointless because if you already imagine a scenario happening in your head and you figure out what your reaction to that will be, if it actually does happen, then you've lived it twice. Self-prophesizing. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. It's um, and I do believe that. I do believe in that. There was this um documentary. Eh? Oh, sorry, Karen. I was going to yeah. say you like the secret, don't you? The, do you do? Do you know? I've not, I've not read the secret. No, I don't know it. Um, so what was uh, the documentary? Um, the documentary was about these old guys. There, um, they use the word old because like there was a hundred and a hundred and two, and and they did this thing where it's like, look, how are you so old and? healthy and still got all your marbles and you know what what's your secret and they tried to create this correlation between them all to try and figure out the remedy or the mm. this the ingredients yeah. for them to uh, for people and the biggest thing that they all had well the only thing that they all had in common some smoke some drink some you know it was so varying the only thing they had in common was that they were all really, really positive people. So they never worried. They were just like, yeah, it's just love life. It's great. It's uh, and you know everyone. There was just they were just positive. Everyone that spoke about them said they've always been really positive. They never were you know. And I think if you self prophesize and mm. so much that you you internalize and and just worry all the time it's, it's unhealthy man really well, unhealthy that's what Henrietta said in her podcast about stress of just mm. it builds up like the effects of stress on the body are mm. not positive it, no, completely you know there's, there's been a couple of times in 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 the in the career path that I've been super stressed like but it's I think what's the word there's stress stress and tension I think are slightly different things because sometimes I think you don't feel stressed from burden yeah, you don't feel stressed but have a burden of tension mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um, it's a weird one you can put things to the back of your mind you need to be conscious of them and understand what your stress is and once you've spoke about it or know what it excuse me or know what it is I think then you can plan for the stress um, there's, there's a good saying that, and I use this all the time and it, it helps alleviate a lot of stress so let's imagine let's imagine you, your life plan right mm-hmm. so uh, we'll, we'll apply this to a scenario okay. so your life plan you're like right we need a, we need a plan mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like I'm getting to an age where I need to know where I'm going and I need some end goal and so today you've came here and you've met me and you've got me talking into a microphone and we're doing this podcast mm-hmm. and the end goal of that what's that what the end so, goal of this particular um yeah the, the podcast in general it, well it's to build an audience of people mm-hmm. <laughs> um to get conversations out of my guests that mm-hmm. are inspiring and informative and also the the real crux of it is is that I spent years interviewing mm. amazing people in the beauty industry mm. that never made it onto the page because it would be the product uh-huh. or the service that made it onto so the page. So true, so true. And so I, but whenever I'm out with mm. friends, I will always retell these stories that I learned from these incredible people mm. and I, there wasn't a place for it. And so that's what the podcast is. So once you've got this audience and once you've got this following, then what's a, what's a plan? There's, there's so many avenues that can come off there, though, aren't there? There you know, are. So there's, many. There's definitely a book in the learnings from this podcast already. There's definitely an opportunity to make it into something slightly bigger. Mm. There's also, it showcases 
an interview skill mm. that I can then agreed sell elsewhere. So it's becoming it is that thing of like you've done becoming a brand almost. So what you need then back to the the actual relevance to why I've took you down mm-hmm. the path is you've got to trust the process. That's the that's the biggest thing I think that I know it sounds some quotes resonate with people in different ways but that one certainly helps me um this one time i actually uh, there was um, a huge product company that um were um let's say not not happy with me for a certain particular reason that some press released something before they were supposed to and i had extreme worry um because i had people on the phone you know someone's head's got a roll for this and blah 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 and, you know and you think you know I'm this young lad at the time I think I was like 25 um thinking bloody how on these multi-million pound companies is gonna you know come after me for releasing well I never you see, it wasn't my fault it was a, it was a paper's fault that mm-hmm. was supposed to you know, in the caveats of our talk, they weren't supposed to release it, but right. ultimately you're accountable because mm-hmm. you spoke to them. So um, it was an honest mistake, but um, I was really worried about it. And there was a particular person that was like, someone's got to be accountable. Anyway, my non-exec at the time was like, look, you know, it's the worst that can happen. It's like, no one's going to die here. No one's going to, you know, no, nothing crazy is going to happen. Mm. Anything else is you can always deal with. So just put something in place, you know, so address it like this and just trust the process. And then once it's there, just know that it's there and it's happening and it's positive because you're addressing it. Uh, it's when people ignore problems that mm. they become destructive and stuff. So put something in place and trust the process. Yeah. And, the yeah, and if you always have belief in yourself and you know you work hard you know you graft you know you've got good intentions with whatever you're doing generally people around you see that and stuff just falls mm-hmm. into place and it just be mindful for the opportunities that suddenly come along the way mm. positive people bring positive things you're a positive person you'll do well you will <laughs> thank you yeah. <laughs> um, I also heard which that reminds me about um, the brand the person who always uh, this is a saying I heard recently the person who always wins in negotiation is the one who's willing to walk away mm, yeah and that's uh, really hard but it's so true yeah I think in all negotiations you need to there's a trick that I've learned from my new business partner on, uh, on negotiations which is quite quite nice and because a lot of people enter into a negotiation and it's they just want to I've got to have what I've got to have you know but if you make a list of the points that are going to be negotiated kind of tick the ones that you want Mm. and you can play them out in a way in a certain order where you think I know they're going to want to take that away from me from all negotiations everyone needs to come out a winner it's got to be a win-win for both sides so you can strategically position your conversation and your points through it to be able to angle it in a way that they've already you've already conceded on some that you're prepared to concede mm-hmm. on and go listen you know there needs to be a win-win so you've got that granted I really need this and, mm-hmm. and you can position the conversation strategically in a way to make sure a negotiation goes in your favour um, or 99% of the time goes in your favour unless you're having a conversation with a complete bloody idiot who doesn't <laughs> understand what a negotiation's about so um, yeah so it's, um, I once, um, when I first started freelancing, I was asked to send over a quote for um, 
doing some work with a brand and um, I thought I'll do it like money supermarket so yeah. I did the whole tick sheet so I gave three options knowing that I wanted them to choose the middle one because I'd heard that if you give people three options they always cho- choose the middle one Okay. so I made the, the really expensive one ridiculous like I'll do this and yeah. I will be on call 24 hours a day and the the lowest one was just what was the point and even whatever so I felt really clever and I like put it in a nice pdf document sent it all over and I got a phone call back saying yeah we've had a look at your presentation we want everything in column three but for the price of column one yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> and they're such a huge company that I was just like okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that backfired really. I thought I was being a real I honestly thought I was being a real player and then yeah no. <laughs> you got played yeah absolutely played there's no negotiation no. just prostitution yeah. and I was on call 24 hours a day so amazing um, so yeah so apart from is this going to be global domination by the way possibly um, possibly there's there's conversations happening at the moment which are, which could take me abroad uh, well, it possibly could take me to the States, but at the moment with the whole Trump and Clinton thing, I don't know. It, I mean, watching that debate the other night was just mental. So I'll need to, I think, well, I'm grateful that the kind of, the when, if it got to the point where it could happen, the um, election would have already happened. Mm. So we'll kind of see what kind of mess America is going to be in <laughs> um, and how bad that mess. Ultimately, there is going to be a mess. Um, so we'll wait and see what, what kind of happens with that first. But, yeah, so uh, I'd love to go abroad. I'd love to live abroad. It would be amazing. Just different life experience, sun, maybe maybe get some time to relax. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? You're not. The thing is, is you have a very calm aura. Hmm. You have. You're very calm. Like you don't seem frantic. Like so. I. That's where I assume that you did relax. No, never. Um, I think it's just a permanent state of tiredness. Maybe. Because yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you've driven down from where this morning. You've already been in the traffic for a few hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. Since well, I think we left at quarter to seven this morning, something like that. Um, yeah um, I don't know it's yeah I'm always calm I, I just I don't see any point of being I don't know um, highly strung or yeah it doesn't interest me I reckon if you'd done that thing with the devices measuring everything I reckon you probably would have been surprised Mm. In a good way. In a good way. In a good way. You probably would have not enjoyed the feedback on your morning coffee, as none of us would. Yeah. But overall, mate, yeah. I think. Possibly. I think the, the, you know, the biggest worry, I think, rather than health, would be that you know, all these things I was saying earlier. Like, I just proposed to my girlfriend, and we're going to try for a baby, and the biggest worry i'd say would be creating a business that becomes or maybe that becomes so big hopefully but um it's creating a business that needs so much attention that your work-life balance suddenly tips over and you end up doing far too much work and not being able to enjoy your family mm-hmm. but i think if you spend you know, if it's all or nothing on both sides, I think that, that that's 
you need something else in mm. in you you know I think you always need some something else some personal kind of drive or something Not to kind of to fulfill your life a mm. bit more yeah so at the moment do you have a work life balance well thankfully my fiance works with me so uh, yeah work and life are both one and the same thing and I think that's why we've you know since we've been together we've covered such ground so fast um, because it's you know the conversation is what we've done that day meetings what we're doing um, and yeah it's a, it is good it is good we, I, I ban it overnight in bed do you? you know yeah it's um not talk about work in bed so just <laughs> yeah. Netflix and and <laughs> binging and, movies oh uh, yeah I'm glad you went there yeah <laughs> so Netflix and Netflix and chill yeah, that, that, that one yeah that old chestnut <laughs> what movies because you said earlier you do like to if you're going to relax you might unwind with a movie what kind of films do you like no oh. pressure to say anything with Arnie in by the way Is it, yeah. you don't have to <laughs> who is your daddy and what does he do <laughs> so, yeah um, I, yeah Arnie, I love Arnie. Um, I love all kinds of action movies, chick flicks. Um, I mean, I'm a proper you love chick flick. Oh, I love every kind of movie, honestly. I, I'm, I'm a bit of a. I, I love a good tear up, you know, yeah, and Don't stuff like that. I'm, yeah, I'm terrible. Um, yeah, I like loads of stuff. Um, what was the last thing we watched? What did I watch the other night? Um, Oh, a sausage party the other night. Oh, I didn't like it. I, I dis- really wanted to like it. Me too. I was really disappointed. I think it's one of those things where you might have to watch it again because I love like the non-perishable goods in yeah. the aisle. I just thought it was I was I was in bits just laughing at the um, how much fun they must have had coming up with that movie. Um, but yeah, I didn't like it that much. That was a shame. Do you um, know what? It was because I was really scared for them all because of what would happen when they left. I yeah. think I actually started to get a bit panicked. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I can understand. <laughs> I, I was curious what was going to happen when the sausage entered the bun. Um, and when we they, all found out at the end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's like. Yeah. I listened to a podcast with um, Seth Rogen. And uh, he just talks about yeah. We just decided at the end all the all the food would just have sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must make a lot of weed. He, he is one trippy guy, isn't he? I'd love to meet him. Yeah. And then at the end, it goes really random where they go through that um, thing into the real world. Spoiler alert! Sorry, should have said spoiler alert before I actually said what yeah, happened. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not that I think it's you know it's not like finding out about Bruce Willis in the Sixth Sense. No, it's not that. Big no, of a that was. That was deep. That yeah. was, that was 1999 that. as well, no, which makes it wasn't. me feel really old. I was 15 <gasps> in 1999. Yeah. Oh, man, because it was the same summer that Blair Witch came out. My God. Jesus. And I was really, really scared by that. The Blair Witch? Yeah, oh my, that is terrifying. Oh, that was, actually. Yeah, the Blair Witch. I think... Yeah, so you like horror as well? So you'll do chick flicks, you'll do action I don't like horror, no. I'm not, it makes me feel uncomfortable, horror. Yes. I'd, I'd rather not do it. Um, and then gore, I'm not into gore either. Um, action, guns, chick flicks. <laughs> typical guy stuff, really, I guess. Yeah, so it's just a little bit of release from reality, isn't it? You know, at mm-hmm. that point where you... It's been like, I mean, I'm, my hometown is Stratford-upon-Avon, and they've got the RSC, which is the Shakespeare Theatre. And... 
going to see a play or watching a movie, I always kind of feel that it, it might take five, ten minutes, but then that absorption where it's almost tunnel vision and you're focused and you're in it and your brain's somewhere else, probably like meditation a bit, mm. except you just you feel like the play is for you or the, yeah. the movie and you're just, you, you can't even, your peripheral does I don't, completely you just, switch off yeah, yeah it's gone and and that's amazing I love that so. that's such a beautiful place I went yeah. my sixth form trip was to Stratford to go and watch the Lady Shakespeare oh, plays love it it's great we own a home there It's we're really lucky and one of the businesses is there um, it's incredible Stratford beautiful buildings I love it I saw Toby Stevens in Coriolanus and waited outside the stage door and got his autograph and he kissed me on the cheek and that was Did the greatest he? thing that had happened to me at that point amazing I was like 17 that's beautiful great beautiful place yeah it is you should come visit I will you I should. will I will come visit so exciting times ahead yes. our time is now drawing to a close can you believe they're going to be knocking on the door asking you to break <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if they charge us. Let's yeah. hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um, we haven't touched anything. Everything looks as pristine as it did when we came in here. Um, I'm excited to watch your global domination, my friend. Thank you. Um, it's, do you know what? It's been lovely to see you again. Um, and I'm excited to see your journey. That would be, that'd be cool. I well, think, you have to uh, come back soon. I think mine's kind of playing out. I think yours is going to be far more interesting. Oh. Far more interesting. We're just opening up shops and cutting air and making people look good. I think your journey is going to be far more um, kind of, uh, how do you say, fulfilling. No, I wouldn't say fulfilling because I'm very fulfilled from my job, but <laughs> it's going to be very um, engaging and enticing to see. So, yeah. Good luck. Oh, I like that. We yeah. shall end there. Thank you so much for joining Brilliant. me. All of the links to Matthew, his salon will be uh, in the show notes. And actually, we'll also put some links to Rafael, the third guest on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because also, you just have to see how absolutely gorgeous she is. Um, her Instagram feed is definitely worth following. Good recipes. Yeah. Good clothes. Uh-huh. Good chat. And good pictures of me, of course. And good pictures <laughs> yeah. of you as well. We'll put all of your links. Yeah. But thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me for that episode of the show. I just want to take a moment to say thank you to everybody who's been emailing in and asking questions for future guests and also asking questions to guests who have already appeared. Um, your notes and messages are really, really wonderful and I will be answering them all personally and hopefully answering some of your more detailed questions on future podcasts. Don't forget, head over to social media. I'm at Emma Gums on Instagram and Twitter if you want to get in touch. See you soon. 